you are listening to St. Martin's School Podcast. Boreda, good morning. This is a new episode of St. Martin's Radio. Today we offer you a very special episode. And when I say special, I really mean the special. For today, we receive the visit of Kirsty Williams, Minister for Education in the Welsh Government. It will also be special because on this occasion, I will not conduct the interview. I will leave it in the more capable hands of Daisy Jarvis and Megan Cotty, managers of St. Martin's School newspaper. Megan and Daisy will question the minister about the current state of affairs, but will also inquire about the most delicate matters the conditions under which the school will reopen, uh, the government's plan to ensure health and safety once this happens, uh, or the response to the needs of more vulnerable learners. This is a radio show that you don't want to miss. So sit comfortably, stay with us, and welcome to St. Martin's Radio Station. St. Martin's Podcast Radio Show. Good morning, Kirsty. Welcome to St. Martin's Radio Station and thank you for finding the time to meet us. It's my absolute pleasure. I was very excited to receive your invitation and... Uh, it's a really great way to help communicate uh, with people, young people, at this very, very challenging time. So thank you for the invitation. Our absolute pleasure. Uh, I would like to introduce you to two very special students of St. Martin's, Daisy Jarvis and Megan Cotty. Hello, Daisy. Hello. Hello, Megan. Hi. Um, Daisy and Megan, among other students, are the founders and now managers of our uh, own school newspaper. And if that's okay with you, uh, Minister, they will be conducting the interview today. But the first question will be mine, and it's the following one. Have you ever been interviewed by students before? Uh, yes, I have. Uh, so occasionally um, we get requests from either student newspapers or from uh, student radio stations uh, to do interviews. And also, we try from time to time to have um, Ask uh, Kirsty uh, sessions that are specifically dedicated for young people. I think it's really important that I get to uh, be held accountable uh, for my actions by the people who are uh, at the receiving end of some of the decisions that I make. So I think it's a really important way of keeping in touch and hearing from people. 
Well, thank you. I won't delay the interview. So I think Megan has the first question. Um, when we go back, will there be any possibility that we will have to come to school on Saturdays and perhaps during the half term to catch up on work our teachers were unable to provide us with? Okay, well, thank you, Megan. At the moment, we've got no plans uh, to ask students to come in uh, on Saturdays or, or on or during uh, their holidays. Uh, we are thinking very carefully uh, about what the next stage of education will look like in Wales. At the moment, every day, uh, there are over 500 schools that are already open. Uh, and they're providing care and support for the children of critical workers and for some of our more vulnerable uh, children. But we have to think very carefully about what the next stage of education will look like and how we can get more children back to school when it is safe for them and it's safe for their teachers. But clearly, uh, we're going to have to think very carefully about what we can do to support learners who may have missed out a bit. Um, I, I know that teachers are working really hard to try and keep people uh, learning at home, that there are limits to what can be achieved, and we'll be working very carefully to think about how we can organise extra support when more children are back in school. Daisy? When we get past the coronavirus, do you believe our ways of learning and working will be changed or affected positively in any way? Well, I think there will be big changes, uh, that's for sure. Um, I think uh, all of us have uh, got used to living and working in a different way. So um, I'm certainly doing a lot less commuting. Uh, I spend a lot of time on the road. Uh, and what I've discovered is there's probably a better way of using my time, driving around uh, to meetings. Uh, I think that's probably better for the environment as well. If I didn't do quite so much driving, uh, driving around. Certainly from an education point of view, I think we're all learning really, really quickly how best to use new technology. Uh, so uh, I think we'll probably see a lot more of this, especially for older students. Um, I live in a part of Wales where um, sixth forms are really, really small and it can be really difficult to offer students a wide variety of subjects and choices. And sometimes students um, move away and receive their education out of the area they live because that's the only way they can get a choice. So I think, you know, we're learning all the time. So maybe there aren't many upsides to this pandemic, but I certainly think we're really challenging ourselves about how we can do things differently in the future uh, and learning new ways of, 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 of doing things better. Megan? Um, how will our current school system be affected when we go back? So um, I think it's true to say that school, uh, even when we've got more children back in school, isn't going to look like school did before the pandemic for quite some considerable period of time. Uh, I'm not sure how many children are, uh, attend your school, but, you know, there are, lots, um, there are lots of you and there are lots of adults working with you. And what we do know is even when the lockdown begins to change, we're still going to have to practice social distancing for quite some period of time, which means, which means we can't simply go back to how school was because many classes have got 30 something children in, corridors are really busy, canteens are really busy spaces. Uh, so it's going to be a challenge, uh, to be able to do social distancing in that context. So I suspect, uh, we're going to see some, uh, quite a longer period of disruption to education and school will look different. So we're looking at a range of options because we want to make sure that the environment is as safe as it possibly can be for you as students, but also for the staff that work that work with you. Uh, following 
Megan's uh, interesting question. Could you tell us if uh, the implementation of the new curriculum will be affected in any way? Um, with regards to the curriculum, uh, again, um, we're, we're trying really hard not to allow this crisis to impact on what I think are really exciting education reforms here in Wales. But I recognise that it's also a challenge uh, to be able to do that when um, teachers aren't together, uh, and teachers aren't with their students. So it can be a real challenge, but it also, in some ways, um, creates a little bit of space, perhaps, to have some of the conversations. Um, when you think about it, you know, we're in, we're in a big period of disruption and we're having to not do a lot of the things that we would normally do. So the question is, do we go back to normal and then move to the new curriculum? Or actually, do we say, my goodness me, there are new ways of doing education and we don't necessarily need to go back to normal first before we move on to the next stage of reforms. But what's absolutely clear that we can't, I can't as a minister, dictate that to schools. We need to continue to do what we've always done when we develop the new curriculum, keep working with teachers and with schools about how best to approach how best to approach this. So um, at the moment, we're hoping we can still keep to our timetable, but we're going to be flexible enough that in the end, if schools tell us it's simply not possible, you know, we may need to, um, you know, adjust that timetable, but we'll be doing it by working together. Um, will we still go back if there's no vaccine for the coronavirus? If so, what, what assurances can you give us to make sure that everyone is safe? Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, from what I know about vaccine development, it can be a really, really long time. And I know that people across the globe, our very best scientists, are working really, really hard to develop treatments and to develop a vaccine. So um, I don't fancy the prospect of no school uh, for four years or five years, and I don't think you would want that either. So in between, we have to think about how we can best live safely uh, before we have a vaccine, and that takes us back to the, what we were talking about early, ha, earlier. How can we make school as safe as possible uh, for people who are going to be working in that building? So that's why, as I said, we're looking at making sure that class sizes are small. If we think about Den Denmark, and lots of people have commented on Denmark, um, first of all, the first children that have gone back are the youngest children. Uh, and when they have gone back, uh, they are their class sizes are really small. They practice social distancing and, and they're doing things in a different way. They haven't got teachers moving around. The same teacher stays with the, the class all day long. So there are really complex issues that we need to think about. And that's why we can't rush any decision. Uh, and we need to give time for teachers and parents and pupils to plan. Because maybe what we're asking them to do will look very different from what they did before. And we can't do that in a rush. Uh, and also, we have to build confidence. We can't expect you to learn if you're sitting in a school and you don't feel safe. No learning is going to stick in that kind of situation. So we've got to make sure that you're confident about being there. We've got to make sure that your staff, the people who are teaching you, are confident. And we've got to make sure that your mums, dads, grandmas, carers, they feel confident about letting you come to school. Uh, and we'll do that by sharing information with you and sharing our planning with you so that you can see why we've made the decisions that we've made. Um, is there anything you can say about how schools will function going back with the coronavirus still being around? Well, as we said, they're probably going to look very different. So we could have some students that come to school for part of the day 
or maybe students might have, maybe certain year groups might go back first. Uh, we may have situations where perhaps people are in school for a week uh, and then the second half of their class come in the next week. So we might have to have staggered start times, people coming to school at different times in the day, because it's not just the school environment we've got to think about. We've also got to think about how we manage people congregating together at the school gate, at the beginning, at the end of the day. We've got to think about how we get people to school. I don't know how you travel to school, but lots and lots of children across Wales travel to school either on public transport or on, or on coaches and minibuses. How do we keep them safe so we can't have everybody on the coach at the same time? So there's lots and lots of really practical things that we need to think about. Uh, before we can uh, have more of you in school. And that's why I keep trying to warn people that even when we talk about reopening up education, it's probably not going to look very much like what you did before the pandemic. Uh, it's time for a brief pause, but please don't go anywhere. Stay tuned, because after this break, we will continue talking to Minister Kirsty Williams, here in St. Martin's Radio, your radio. everyone, Miss Morgan here. Hope you're all safe and well and managing to keep yourselves occupied. Hopefully we'll be back to school soon and I'll see you all then. Bye! Good morning everyone, it's Mrs Shoplin speaking. Uh, glad that I have the opportunity to say I hope you're all doing well um, enjoying the sunshine enjoying doing activities that you wouldn't usually have opportunities to do hopefully we'll soon be back and uh, enjoying our life once again in St Martin's take care everybody stay safe and look after those that are around you This is Jolifia. Just wanted to say, I hope you're all staying safe. Uh, remember, storms don't last forever. Keep smiling and hopefully see you all soon. Bye. Miss Warrior, um, God, oh God, missing you all so, so much. And I really do hope that you're all safe and well and literally can't wait to see you all and get back to normal. Um, take care. Bye. Martins podcast radio show. Welcome back to St. Martin's Radio and welcome back to the interview with Minister Kirsty Williams. 
Daisy and Megan still have quite a few questions to ask uh, to the minister. So, Daisy, when you're ready. Um, with learners from disadvantaged backgrounds, how will the government support them when we return to schools as they are most likely to be negatively affected by this? Absolutely. So one of the things that we're always worried about in Welsh education is something called the attainment gap and how we can make sure that we provide real equal opportunities for all students uh, to fulfil their potential. And each one of us, we have different level, different potential. But what we want schools to do is to is to make sure that every child gets the very best and reaches their full potential. So we're doing a number of things at the moment. Um, firstly, uh, Wales was the first part of the United Kingdom to commit to continuing to support children who are entitled to free school meals. Uh, and we're working with local authorities to make sure uh, that those children don't uh, don't go hungry, uh, either doing what would have been term time or indeed what will what would have been the Easter holidays. And we'll keep that support going through the summer holidays as well, because what we do know is that unless we think about people's well-being, we can't expect them to learn. And so making sure that people have food uh, and, are, and, are, and are not hungry, that's the first principle that we need to get right for children. Secondly, I know, uh, and we're doing it today, aren't we? We're all relying really heavily on digital, on digital and distance learning. And we're really lucky in Wales because we have the Hub platform, which we've been working on for a number of years. I don't know what we would have done if we didn't have Hub. Uh, but we have got Herb, and of course, uh, as part of the Hub platform, uh, everybody has got um, access to Microsoft Office and Google Education and Minecraft Education. And just a couple of weeks ago, we were able to give everybody access to Adobe Spark. But that's only any good uh, if you've got a laptop or a, or a, or, mm. or a tablet uh, at home. So we've recently announced um, some support to make sure that uh, those students that don't have a device at home can have a device. And we're also looking at connectivity as well, because uh, we're also aware that broadband costs families money and some families might not be in a position to do that. So again, making it making MiFi available to, to students. And I'm sure your school has been in touch with the local authority and is looking to ensure that everybody's got the kit that they need. Uh, and uh, I've been overwhelmed by how hard uh, you know schools and local authorities have been uh, working to get that done. Uh, and we're hoping to be able to look to see what we can do to support students in further education because at the moment this support is just available for school students uh, but we know that there are students studying in college and we want to be able to help them too. When we go back again we'll have to think very carefully about how we can try and address learning loss uh, and, and to support those children for, for whom perhaps being at home um, has been a challenge. Um, uh, perhaps uh, being at home they haven't had a lot of support with their work I know that there are lots of parents who are trying to do their own work and that's really hard isn't it if your mums and dads are working from home and you know they can't give you loads and loads of help and support we know that sometimes families find it really difficult even to have a space to quietly work and get on get on with your work so it can be a real challenge and, and, and fortunately for some children um, home perhaps sometimes isn't the safest place or isn't the place that is, you know, a great place to try and learn. So that's why we're making school available for vulnerable learners so that those children can actually come into the schools that are open at the moment to be supported and have activities and keep learning in a different way. And on Hub, there's lots of advice for parents and students about how you can continue to learn in this time. But we're going to have to address this when children get back to school. But teachers are experts at this 
This is the kind of stuff that they do all, all the time to try and try and have strategies to help children, you know, that need a bit of extra help. And we'll have to work with teachers to to see how best we can do that when we get more of the children back to school. Um, do you think that homeschooling is effective? Oh, well, it's hard work. I know that for a fact. Um, uh, I have three children of my own. So my eldest daughter should have been doing her A-levels this summer. My middle daughter should have been doing her her year 11 GCSEs. And I have a have a daughter that is should have been finishing year nine and moving on to year 10 in September. And I know how hard it can be. It's hard to keep yourself motivated. Uh, and it can be a real struggle uh, trying to recreate the classroom in your kitchen. And we've been very clear that we can't expect uh, everybody to create, recreate uh, what, uh, what you would do at class at home. Uh, some people are, uh, are finding it easier than others. Um, some, some students tell me they actually quite like learning from home. They, they prefer it. You know, actually it's working for them better than perhaps being at school with. But it's a different experience for, for everybody. What my job is to do is to make sure we can support that as best we can. And that's why we've launched our Stay Safe, Stay Learning programme uh, to try and uh, make home um, schooling and, and, and learning at home as effective as it possibly as it possibly can be. And remembering um, you're following along in your lessons, but remembering that perhaps, you know, we can learn in slightly different ways uh, and trying to uh, give parents especially some tips, especially if they've got younger children. So cooking a meal is learning, um, you know, being outside and being active. If you're lucky enough to have a garden, you're learning. And there are things you can do at home which probably don't look much like a classroom lesson, but actually is a really uh, perhaps, a, you know, a fun and a creative way to keep the learning process going. But um, it's, it's certainly not without its challenges. How do you think it's going, Megan, for you? Um, it's going OK for me, actually. I'm getting all my lessons done. It's not that I'm not struggling, it's just if I do need help, I can email my teachers. Yeah, I just, I tell you what I think has happened. I think people have a lot more respect for teachers after this. I think they realise what a difficult job it is. Uh, and I'm hoping that when the pandemic is over and everybody goes back to school, people will remember what a challenging uh, job teaching can be. It's not as easy as, as, as teachers make it look. <laughs> On a personal level there, uh... Minister, I would like to extend my gratitude because you've been a great advocate for teachers on on the social media. And thank you <laughs> on the personal level as a professional. It's really appreciated to be supported. <laughs> no, you're very welcome. Um, there have been some quite rude and um, more importantly, there have been quite ill-informed comments on social media about what teachers are up to at this time. And I, I, I can honestly say I am so proud to be the education minister in Wales because teachers are going above and beyond anything that we could have expected of them uh, in response to this crisis. Whether that's teachers working in hub schools so that doctors and nurses can continue to go to work and all those critical workers can work as well as, you know, keeping children learning and often doing that when they've got their own children at home. So I am, I'm, I'm very proud. I'm very, very proud of how the education family in Wales has responded to this Terrible, terrible crisis. Um, what's the government's strategy for supporting the mental health and well-being of young people at this difficult time? Yeah. Well, well, Daisy, it's always okay not to be okay. And I don't think uh, any of us should feel bad if we are feeling frightened, if we're feeling worried, 
concerned, anxious, cross, annoyed, a bit fed up. I think those are all really natural reactions to the situation we all find ourselves in at the moment. Uh, but obviously, for some children, they would have been receiving help and support for their mental health and well-being whilst at school, in the school counselling service, for instance, or maybe with your school nurse. And we're giving extra money to local authorities to try and make sure that that support, that support continues. But what I would say is to anybody listening, listening in, if they are worried uh, about feeling feeling bad about things at the moment, there is help available out there. And they should let their school, their teacher know, and their teacher will be able to find their help. Or there are websites such as the Mike website, which can signpost children to extra help and support. But I don't think we should be too hard on ourselves. You are living through extraordinary, extraordinary times. And everybody is doing the best that they can. And it's okay, as I said, to have days, some days are going to be better than others, aren't they? And, um, you know, it's perfectly natural to feel a bit anxious and uh, and a bit upset and even a bit frustrated because none of this is your fault and it's out of your control. Uh, but there is help available for people who need it. How has your family been coping with lockdown and do you have any strategies you use for stress builder? Ah, uh, yeah. Well, as I said, um, I've got uh, three teenagers at home and... Um, Trying to keep the oldest two learning and motivated uh, has been a bit of a challenge. Whenever I say to them, come on, do a bit of work, they say, what's the point? Some education minister cancelled our exams and it's a bit difficult then to come back, <laughs> to, come, to come back at them. Uh, but we're, um, uh, we're trying to be kind uh, to one another and I think that's really important. And I think it's really important for young people if they can try and be as supportive as the parents at this moment. So we need to support each other, don't we? Parents and carers need to support children and children and young people need to be as supportive as they can be of their parents because yeah. parents are feeling a bit stressed out, I suspect, at this moment uh, at this moment too. So we've been uh, trying to find um, new ways of learning. So my daughter is hoping to take um, history A-level next year. So uh, we've been looking at what she might be studying next year and she's been listening to some audio books and watching some documentaries and uh, my eldest daughter is hoping to go to university uh, so uh, actually to study animal health uh, and bioveterinary sciences and of course we're in the middle of a pandemic which is an example of a zoonosis where a disease has crossed over from the animal from animals into humans so she's actually doing a bit of reading uh, around um, around that and my youngest daughter I have to admit defeat um, some of the work, some of the worksheets that she's been sent home with from her existing classes. Those aren't the subjects that she wants to take for GCSE next year. So we're concentrating on some of the stuff that she is going to take next year. And we've decided to stop having rows about geography. So that, that was the end of the interview. We're running out of time. Uh, I would like to, to say a huge thank you to you, Minister. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure to have you here. But before we say goodbye to you, I would like to take the opportunity to extend a second invitation to come to St. Martin's. Uh, once we set up the radio, because we are setting up a, a whole new radio over there. Once it's done, uh, you will be more than welcome to visit us and have another chat, perhaps, with uh, our students. Well, Mr. Lopez, I would absolutely be thrilled to come and actually visit schools. Uh, once we're up and running again, it's safe to have visitors. It's been 
an absolute privilege to, to meet you all uh, this afternoon. And um, the last thing for me is just to say, well, keep safe, but keep on learning. And thank you so much for the time. Diolch and Valian, Diolch. You're listening to St. Martin's Podcast Radio Show. Well, I believe that was a great interview. Megan, what do you think? I think the interview went very well, actually. What about you, Daisy? Did you enjoy the interview? Um, yeah, I really enjoyed the interview. I think it went really well. Um, she gave very valid points and um, helped our understanding about the topic. As a student, Daisy, what was the most interesting part about conducting the interview? Um, I think the whole experience was the most interesting because we, I don't think we've ever spoken to anyone as high up um, as Kirsty Williams. It was just a really great opportunity. So, Megan, how do you value the interview? Uh, will you continue working with the radio station? Um, well, I really liked the experience because, you know, she got like quite personal about how COVID-19 was affecting her family and everything. And, you know, I think it's going to be mm-hmm. good for the radio station as well. She answered the questions very well. So that means that you will continue working with the station, yeah? Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for your great effort. Um well done, because that interview, I think it was fantastic, and everyone who listened to it will agree with me. So, congratulations for a fantastic job. Thank you. Thank you. Daisy, Megan, goodbye. Bye. St. Martin's School Radio. And that was all for today. Thank you for listening. I'll be waiting for you here next Tuesday, 9 a.m., and St. Martin's radio station, your station. Huevaur, adios. Hi all, I'm Mrs. Griffith here. Um, just wanted to say hi really, check you're all uh, doing okay and um, you're probably sick of um, my constant bug all over the school Twitter and the exercise videos um, hope you're enjoying those and keeping up to date with what's going on in school, it's been super super busy uh, I myself are trying to survive uh, being at home with my own children which does make me miss you lot a whole lot more um, keep in touch obviously on the Google Classrooms, I'm going to try to organise some Zoom quizzes uh, for my classes and also for all of you year sevens and um, so keep an eye on those um, and hopefully we'll see you in uh, in the next few weeks or months missing you all Hi Year 8, hope you're all keeping well, it's Miss Harris here. If you've got any problems at any point, give me an email on harris at stmartins.cafilly.seh.uk Hope you're keeping up to date with all of your Google Classroom work and also that you're keeping up to date with all the PE videos listed on YouTube as we're all working very, very hard on those. Keep yourself safe and we'll see each other soon. Bye!
everybody, Mrs Palmer here. Hope you and your families are well. Stay safe and hope to see you soon. St Martin's School Radio. 